Thanks for joining us for another amazing message from C3 Church Calgary. Our hope is that our podcast will equip and connect you to Jesus. Now prepare your hearts to receiving something new from God today. Yeah, beautiful. Thanks, son. Well done. Thank you, worship team. Beautiful. I love Christmas songs. <clears throat> Anybody else love Christmas songs? And we're like, uh, yeah, they're great. I love them. We started uh, singing them in about the middle of November. <clears throat> you know what's deer season when. <clears throat> well, welcome to church, everybody. We have a, um, a great, uh, great bunch of things happening this, um, through the Christmas season. And uh, if you'd like to uh, specifically be praying for one of the orphans, we have pictures on the tree outside. What do they call the tree? The orphan tree? No. Giving Christmas? Giving tree. Something like that. What are we going to... And there's a picture, and you can pray for them. And then you can contribute, too. They should, if they take one, they got to give, give monthly. Great. Give it to, give it to you. Yes, 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 it's okay. So take, take and pray for an orphan. Give every month, and um, you'll be a blessing, too. And then, and then go. We're going to have a trip to Cambodia in, in um, sometime. Lots going on. So exciting to hear all about that. So, um, <clears throat> that's great. Um, really exciting to um, Christmas stuff here. Okay, so I can't see, so let's just... I'm going to take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 2. I want to talk about um, the Christmas question. And, uh, and during the Christmas question, I want to talk about uh, some Christmas characters and then the Christmas search. So, welcome everybody to church this morning. I wonder if I'm going to, uh, I wonder what I'm going to say. Maybe I should just maybe read first of all. Um, just, just <clears throat> our theme this month is God with us. <clears throat> Excuse me, Emmanuel. And um, whenever I reread the Christmas story, there's two narratives that are found in Scripture. One in Luke chapter 2, 1 and 2. And, um, and the other in um, Matthew chapter 1 and 2. Now, there's a few themes that usually surface. You sometimes forget that Jesus was a refugee and lived in a refugee camp in Egypt. And um, he, he's so relatable on every level that he, that God with us is probably the most uh, endearing term, Emmanuel, that, that we could ever honestly take on, that God is with us. Colossians 2 says, actually, Christ in you is the hope. I would say it's the hope in Calgary, hope of your home. Um, Christ in us. The, the ongoing decision to allow Christ to speak through us is one of the biggest challenges we ever face. Two weeks ago, I spoke on moving in the Spirit. And, and, when, and honestly, this is one of the uh, great um, um, endeavors in the Christian life. <clears throat> it's not studying about Jesus, but being like Jesus. Anybody can study. Um, and I, but I just think about this being, being like Jesus stuff is a, that's a massive undertaking. And, um, and moving in the spirit primarily is just listening and obeying the spirit is all it is. Um, you know that Satan has none of the fruits of the spirit, right? Uh, he, he can counterfeit some of the gifts, but he can't, he can't counterfeit any of the, any of the fruit. Because uh, they are, they are the result of the Holy Spirit's activity within you. And we are supposed to be those people who, 
who always respond in, out of that fruit or the activity or the harvest of Christ in us so that we're always responding in love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness. Having a, just having a gentle act, answer is like a huge undertaking many times. And so when we think of, when we think of Christmas, uh, for me, and I think of God, that God is actually living in me. And, and think about it. And many times I'll imagine like the, the, the Zoe, the God life in my bloodstream, moving to each of my extremities and moving into my, through my brain and into my feet and that, that his life is actually surging within us. God with us is, a, is, a, is, this, is, is such a big topic, such a big, such a radical concept that, that Christ is in me. The risen Christ is within me. And where I go, he goes. And I choose to either turn him on or turn him off at any, at any moment in my life. And, and, and thinking that God is with us and that the, that the God that spoke the universes into, into order and into creation is now living within me. This is like, what? It's such a big theme and such a radical concept. And, um, and I often remind young men who are getting married or young women, like, the way that God's going to love your spouse is through you. He's not, he's not Casper the ghost and just floating around. And you're going to get this spiritual hug. God will love your wife through you. That's, that's the authorized channel. And you receiving love from her. That that's, 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 that's how he works. And there will be people in our city that will be touched. Because you have chosen to be Jesus. And you've chosen to be him. And so that, that, that God came and that he lives. That not just he came in 2,000 years ago. But that he has come to live with us now. Having left and then returned. And now living through us. This is like really a massive, mind-blowing thought. And so <clears throat> when we read through the Christmas story, um, we want to not just kind of skim through it. We want to like settle on a few specific ideas. And so the, the prophetic word given in Isaiah and then repeated in Matthew 20, 123 is he'll be called Emmanuel. What a great name. It's actually a verb, God with us. And, there, and, there's, and you can almost feel the breath of God being released as he speaks it. And then in chapter 2, it begins by saying, Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, not specifically, but about that time, some wise men, or magi, from the eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We have seen his star. It's It's, it's personal. And we have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by their question, as was all of Jerusalem. <clears throat> and he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the law. Where did the prophets say that the Messiah would be born? He asked the prophets. And Bethlehem, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote from Micah. O Bethlehem of Judea, you're not just a lowly village in Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be. The shepherd of my people. Just love that, the binary uh, title, ruler, shepherd. <clears throat> and then Herod sent him a direct message to the wise men asking them to come and see him. At this meeting, he learned the exact time, which wasn't now, but it, it actually appeared quite a bit earlier. What is the exact time when they saw the star? And then he told them, go to, to pardon me, Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. When you find him, come back, tell me, so I can go and worship him too. 
After this interview, the wise men went their way, and once again the star appeared again. What a, what a theme. Uh, and guided them to Bethlehem, and it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy, entered the house where Mary, the child and his mother, Mary, were, <clears throat> and they fell down. Joseph must have been out on an errand uh, before him, worshipped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. But when it was time to leave, they went home another way because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. What, a, what an amazing story. Thank you, Father, for your word that continues to speak to us even this morning. If you've seen a picture of wise men at the manger, and there's three of them, and they're kings, this is not a biblical concept. They never came to the manger. It says that they came to a house. That, that, the, that, that they weren't at, the, at that manger may cause some songwriters issues, but it doesn't either say the specific amount of uh, travelers are worthy. We know they weren't kings, and we know that there likely weren't three of them. We don't know specifically, but all we can go by is what Matthew chose to reveal to us about these fascinating characters. Luke, in his narrative, doesn't even bring them up. He spends time talking about this, the star, uh, about the shepherds, about the manger. He spends, but Matthew's the only one that gives this so many verses to these searchers. So I want to propose to us today some, about how that... That this question, where is the king? Some verses say, where's the true king? Others say, this one, mine, LLT, NLT, says, where is the newborn king? Um, that that specifically is what I would call the Christian question. Where is the king? And, um, and we get to answer that. This specific question, to me, makes this Christmas season wonderful. And, and it's very personal to every one of us, even those who, who have made the search and found Christ. It, we still need him, and we still need to keep searching for him moment by moment, day by day. We don't give up the search. <laughs> we continue to search, and we continue to look for him. My hypothesis is there is only room on the throne for one. And dethroning the king of self is a massive undertaking. <laughs> we, we, we defend our thrones fairly aggressively. So when, the, king, when, when the, the king makers, the magi, came and they asked the current king, where is the king? This was not a rhetorical question. But it caused him a little bit of anxiety. Here's a question for you and I today, too. Where is the king? When, when, when you look at who is actually the, the main uh, motivation behind every decision you make, the one who's influencing you the most, who is that one who has the biggest voice in your life? How many voices do you have anyway? We got lots of voices, don't we? Am I the only one that? <laughs> I know. We got special prayer, prayer for people who have. <laughs> if you're answering them out loud, this is a problem. That you got them, whatever. <clears throat> you just. Um, so, so at Christmas, there's lots of questions. This is just one of them. Where's the king? Um, we, they, they lie dormant until the season comes around. Where do we put those ornaments again? And don't we have Christmas dishes? And. Have you got a tree yet? And, uh, you know, who, who, who's, who's coming over anyway? Who are we going to, how many of our relatives are we going to let in? And how many are we going to, you know, ban at the door? And who, you know, who's coming for all these Christmas questions? And uh, the one that uh, often lands on my uh, desk sooner or later is, what do you want for Christmas? And, um, and this year was very disappointing for both Kelly and the kids because I actually couldn't think of much I wanted. I've been, I've been doing this very counterintuitive thing called decluttering. 
Don't, don't, we, don't we like to... And then you stack it places, and someday I'm going to need that little roll of wire, you think. Uh, we've been de decluttering. Um, but I couldn't come up with too much like, to put on my list. All I could think of was I was out of vitamin C, which is a boring gift, and I needed a bit of dental work. So n neither of those made it to my list. And failing that, it's really just gift cards from Bass Pro, and I'm fine. I actually asked for socks, but I said, but not those, I don't want the, the ones that you can't see you're wearing. Have, have you seen the no, the no socks, the invisible socks? And Yeah, yeah, they're, hey, you haven't seen them? You got some. There's a bunch of you young guys that have them. I go, gosh, it's cold, why are you wearing socks? Oh, I am, you just can't see them. No, your ankles are red. <laughs> it's, it's, but mind you, it's so nice to be enjoying this weather right now. So, Christmas questions. And, and the reason I think that it's harder for me to, to actually put stuff on the, on the Christmas list is because as you get older, you realize the things that you really need actually can't be bought. What we really need, which is probably the difference between riches and wealth. Wealth is how many things you have that money can't buy. So, so this is an interesting question. Where is he born king of the Jews? What a great search. I want to talk this week on the search, next week on following, and on Christmas Eve on worshiping. How do occultists worship? Basically, that's who the, the Magi were. Where's the king? This was such a public, um, it was a very public search. And I submit to you, as we all know, that the hinges of history, they swing on Bethlehem's response. It was a public, and, and eventually, when you become a follower of Christ, or even a searcher of Christ, it, en it eventually ends up becoming public. One of the reasons why we have people respond publicly, because I want to get you moving. You typically don't get out of a service anything more than you put into it. What's so exciting? But why are people clapping and raising hands? Oh, they're getting something out of it. And you sitting there with your arms closed and that furled brow, you're getting nothing out of it. That's what happens. No, I know. I've done it. I know. But it's the same with Christmas. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. Typically, that's the deal. But eventually, as you become a follower of Christ, you're going to be asked to take for that search to go public. And this is the same when we get married. There's a difference between secrecy and privacy. There's a difference between being public because eventually, and I, I get asked this, will you baptize me at home? And I say, You're, that, that's not a baptism. That's like having a shower. That's not a baptism. A baptism is public. I'm not, I don't care how nice your backyard is or how pretty your pool is. You, div, you, you, you can't redefine the publicness of following Christ. Eventually, Jesus went very public for you and I. He hung on a public cross. Eventually, you mean if I come to this church, I'm going to be asked to do something? Absolutely. Don't get offended by that. That's a, that's a, that's a badge of honor that you're going to be included and asked to contribute. That means, that means that you're part of the family, that you're helping out. That's what it means. You mean like I got to be uh, the parking lot? Yeah, the parking lot. Worship leading? Uh, not likely. But eventually you'll be asked to do something that's within your wheelhouse and, it, and you end up being public. This, this search for them, for the, for the Magi, took a minimum of two years. We know that by later on in, the, in Matthew. It took a long time. And, and one day they would have been looking through their horoscopes. Couldn't resist. No, their telescopes. Uh, not their microscopes, but their telescopes. 
and all of a sudden they would have seen something, this anomaly in the universe, and they would have ran over to their buddy there who's sipping chai, because they, we knew they come from the east, we don't know exactly where we knew, it's probably Iran. They weren't from Orient R, we know that. But they would have said, hey, 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 come, you got to see this. There's a whole new thing happening in the stars. And not only did they see it and get excited about it, but they actually saddled up their horses and rode. They wouldn't have came on camels. They would have came on horses, Arabian steeds likely. And there wasn't three of them. There would have been a whole entire entourage. Three, three occultists that show up in town don't turn a whole town upside down. Mind you, Pastor, or Pastor, President Trunch, Trump, President Trump with just a few comments can turn Jerusalem upside down. Um, so anyway, the, these were a very interesting, the search was public, and, and, and the Bible says that those who seek, find. I submit to you that everybody is a seeker, that you and I are still seeking the true king, that perhaps he's came and taken up residence within you, but you're facing a situation where you need a fresh revelation of who Jesus is for you in this season. I love that he came, they came to the house. And when Chad was talking today about the house, wherever, whenever Jesus in the, is in the house, that's church. Jesus needs to always be welcome in the house. <laughs> this wasn't a manger, this was a house. That's, and I, I just love those, the, the theme as I read through the scripture. Anyways, a very intense, very unpredictable, very interesting search that the Magi set out on. And I have a feeling there would have been many, many, many times that they would have been tempted to give up the search. Why not? Gosh, two years? I can hardly wait for two minutes to warm up my milk in the microwave. <clears throat> it's quite a search. But here's what we need to do, and here's what as a church we need to do. We need to respect people's search. And we need to let them search and not try and disrupt it with our petty little ideas, but allow the Holy Spirit to keep leading them learning to ask questions about where they're at in their search and, uh, and, where they're, and, and, and how we can help. They're only found in the book of Matthew. He, didn't, he chose not to disclose how many there were, uh, where they came from, or even how they came. We don't know. It's all conjecture for us, largely. But the first century audience would have completely known this was a cast of spiritual advisors known as the Magi, and Daniel in Daniel chapter 5 became the chief of the Magi. We get the term magic and magistrate from that. He was, they were both scientists, influential, uh, but they also were people who, they were stargazers. And they had this interesting blend of, of, um, of spirituality and science. They were people who were respected in and among Babylon for helping make major decisions. And when they seen and they knew, and typically they would be advised if a king was about to be born, and they would truly come and they would truly worship. This is remarkable for me. A bit mind-blowing for those of us who have a, a temporary religious mindset. They were a priestly political class of Parthians. And, uh, and I think that they were very, it would have been very, very excited at the prospect of his star rising. Um, you know you can buy stars. Did you know? They're about 250 bucks to buy a star. We can have our own star, Tim. If... I was doing a uh, photo shoot not that long ago, <laughs> and there was no star on my trailer. Actually, there's no trailer. Uh, 250 bucks for a star. <clears throat> um, 
So anyway, it's about this time. It says in my, in my Bible, it says about this time in 1B there in chapter 2. About this time in NIV, it says after Jesus was born. It's safe to say that the search took a long time. It doesn't say how many started the journey. And this is actually a personal um, issue for me of the people that start the journey don't finish the journey. It saddens me, actually, when someone says, well, I've tried Christianity. Oh, uh, you know, I don't think you have. I think you probably followed until it got a little bit pricey, a little bit costly, got a little too close to the throne, and you weren't willing to dethrone self. That's my, I, w- I would say largely that. It's a, it, 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 it's a, it's a, a real trick not to defend your throne, but to, but to surrender your throne to the only true king. It's a real trick, maybe not the right word, but you know, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, we need to learn to um, respect searches. I remember my search, and many times along that search, I delved deeply into the occult. <clears throat> and I would actually push people to try and tell me, why should I follow your Christ? And many times, people from church did not have a decent answer, nor did they have a backbone. This, uh, this, was, this was like upsetting for me. Like, oh, you're not going to... Can, can you take a little bit of pushback? And many times they couldn't. Well, you know, we've always thought that way. Uh-huh. Well, how about getting a new thought? That's called repentance, letting go of old thoughts and getting new ones. How about that? Uh, how about saying not just what your mom and dad or grandpa believe, but what do you truly believe? Because when I push you and I actually turn up the heat in, your, in the, the furnace, uh, can, 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 your, can your Jesus really stand the heat? So here, here's what we need to be as a church, people who respect other searches. And many times you'll see people and they'll have these visible displays of a search. That can be anywhere from, where from how they dress to <laughs> face tattoos. Whatever. I mean, it's your body. I just find face tattoos public. Anyway, anyway any, whatever, whatever search people are on, could we respect people's search? And, and let the Holy Spirit do His work? Yeah, he can use you, but here's what he, I bet that you, we'd be better at is asking questions rather than making statements. Learning to ask questions. Tell me what you believe about that. How did you come? What's really going on there? People, right now, we, have, we're, we live in a very spiritual society, and there's just all of these options. And I think that people take a, that take a longer time to accept Christ make a better decision. That they've actually explored all their options. And how, how about us being facilitating people's searches? I don't mind. That. I think it's a great question. Where about is the king? It's actually who's lord of your life? Who's, who's the motivational force behind your influences? Who's influencing you? I think that's a great question. But we need to learn to respect searches. The, question, the Christmas question was disturbing to the king. And the way that the grammar is in, the, in this... Um, in, in the, the Greek text here, where's the one born, uh, the king of the Jews? It's not somebody who rocked up to Starbucks and said, St. Arbucks. Okay. There's not somebody who just rolled in and said, by the way, where's the, where's the, where's the king? The, the, it implies that they went place to place to place to place, and they didn't give up until some, finally it ended up disturbing the entire city. Who are these guys that don't know where the king is? Finally, it created all this hubbub because they never stopped asking until they found an answer. 
And here's what happens when we are directed by a sign. And all of nature, it says in Psalm 19, in the entire nature, all of the heavens declare the glory of God. You can't go outside and not allow yourself to look at uh, December with these blue skies and go, praise God. It It stirs up worship in a brother. That's what it does. But it only got them so far. It got to Jerusalem, but not to Jesus. So what happened is, is that they went place to place to place to place. And finally, somebody said, uh, let me ask the priests in the, scri- the, 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 the priestly aristocracy of the day. Let me ask them. Because your search, your search and all of these signs will take you so far. But eventually you'll need to get the scriptures to point out specifically where he is. And they use the prophetic word from Micah. Oh, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. I know Bethlehem means house of bread, but you know in the Aramaic it also says that it's a, it means fighter, that it's a house of fighters as well. You and I who have been following Christ, we fought through a lot of stuff to get to where we need to go. And we need to be engaged in spiritual warfare to not give up until we find the true king. <clears throat> well, it says that we've seen his star. The star's never truly been properly identified astrologically speaking. Not really. There's a whole bunch of hypotheses that Saturn collided with, came together, and they overlapped in Jupiter, and it looked like the shape of a fish, which became the Christian symbol, and wah, 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 I don't know. Who knows? And it says in Numbers chapter 24, it says that a star would come out of Jacob. That's interesting. And then Jesus self-identified himself in Revelation 22, 16 as the, <clears throat> excuse me, the bright and morning star. But I think the best explanation comes from Luke chapter 2 and verse 9, where, where something shone on the hillside, and the shepherds, they go like, what is going on? And that was the Shekinah glory of God, I believe. And I think that same pillar of fire that led them through the desert, the, the children of Israel, was the one that showed up in the night skies. And they go, okay, this, this is different. How, how many signs did it take to get you to Jesus? I needed lots. And I still do because many times I get bogged down and I need someone to point to me and say, have you been into the scriptures lately? And what does it say you need to do in this situation? Have you recently been searching the word and the word became flesh? Have you been searching and found Jesus yet and what he would say and direct you to do from the word? Because signs will only take you so far and then you'll need the prophetic word of scripture to direct you to where Jesus is. <clears throat> these, these are unique search engines, I think. It starts off very generally. And, um, and then it gets very specific. He said, no, go and search intently. The search, you, you find people that are getting closer and closer to Jesus, they, they get more fired up and they get more antagonistic, oftentimes a little bit more arrogant and a little bit more feisty. Don't be afraid of that. Let, just respect the, the search. Let it go on. I became downright ignorant. I mean, I became rude. But I was a sincere seeker. The, our cities and our families are filled with sincere seekers. They're filled with them. And wouldn't it be great if the Holy Spirit would do like we did with our kids. We'd hide their Christmas presents and say, oh, getting warmer, getting warmer, getting warmer. Wouldn't it be nice if the Holy Spirit did that for you and I? Getting warmer, getting warmer, getting warmer. Hot, really hot, burning hot. Wouldn't it be great? Let heaven and nature sing. I love that heaven and nature were singing during the birth of Christ. I love that. And I love the picture that it gives us. Romans 1 and verse 19 also says that all of creation points to the creator. All of creation. And I, and I truly love that. In, in, uh, throughout scripture you'll find over 1,500 times we get the word, is the, the word listen and hear. Listen and hear. Did you know, did you know that um, 
As I reflect on a husband and wife situations, because my wife had been in one uh, for 35 years, I think that listening is an act of love. There's a couple women, very few men are nodding right now. Lincoln, you're not married. You can't nod. <laughs> that's not right. You can't. <laughs> you listen to your mom. That's what you listen to. <laughs> but listening is an act of love. If you want to know how to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, listen to what he says. So remember when he took the boys up on the hill, up on the mountain there, and he goes, this is my son. Listen. Learning to listen. Learning to listen, what, what, what the Lord is saying. And... Um, and it says that we, I know we all need signs and we all need scriptures to get us to Jesus. But Psalm chapter, sorry, uh, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15 says that you and I are stars. See, I'm, I, need, I need one on my bedroom there, or my, my office, this little star. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15, read about it. It says that you and I, with, out, out of our lifestyle, we're like shining stars in a dark culture. Jude says about those, the apostates, he called them wandering stars that led people astray. That we truly, our lifestyle should be pointing people to Jesus. Uh, it's really convicting. Difficult. So what, the search of the Magi was sincere. The search for Herod was selfish, and, and he was known historically as unusually violent. Killed a bunch of his wives, killed a bunch of his kids. He was a maniac. But it's interesting to me that one of the problems we have in church over and over again is what I would call spiritual voyeurism. And Herod is doing the same thing. He says, you go look for the king, and then you tell me where he is. No, no, you got to do your own searching, honey. We all have to do our own searching. You can't send someone to search for you. We all have to make a personal decision about who Christ is and where Christ is. It says that, at the, that the Magi were filled with joy. I love that in verse 10. But his, his search was not sincere, but it was dark <clears throat> and anxious, and it stirred up insecurity and malice. Herod's heart was stone cold. Both Herod and the Magi share the same chapter, but not the same heart. Although the king, uh, we, we see that in verse 8, uh, when you find him, come and tell me. I think one of the great understatements in Scripture is where in verse 3 where it says he was deeply disturbed. He, turned, he, he went on a rage of infanticide. And likely in, in, in Bethlehem at that time, I mean, and one life would be horrific, but it wouldn't have been nearly as populated as it is today. But, but, um, and there still would have been lots of sadness and lots of tears on that first Christmas. <clears throat> that you are on a personal search is precious. Herod wasn't interested in finding or following Christ. He wanted to eliminate him. He wanted to remove him. And... Um, and I, I just need to say to us today that lest we become too, um, too self-confident that I suggest that there's a little Herod in each one of us. It says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 11, because sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm seeking the Lord about that. It says that nobody searches for God. This is interesting, isn't it? It might collide with some of your personal or pet theories or theologies. But I read in John chapter 1, and I find this, every time I read through this, it, it's very convicting to me, because it says when the word became flesh, it says life itself was in him, and this life gives light to everyone. Did you know that it's only God in you that's searching for the God out there? <laughs> it's the Christ in you. 
You were all born with eternity in your heart, and you all are on a genuine search back to the author and the finisher of your faith. Why do we love? Because we were first loved. That's why. It's anything, is there anything in you that really seeks after God? Only God himself. I submit that to you. That of ourself, we would like to look after ourself. Has anybody found that they look after themselves like they think of themselves a little bit? Has anybody? Yeah? Only, only Doug. Bless your heart. I see that hand. We all do. We don't surrender the throne of self easily. We defend it. Well, here's why I did this. I know. I did that this week. My wife asked me about why did I do this, and I quickly defended myself and projected it back on her and then gave this whole other scenario about heaven and earth were at war against me alone. <laughs> it's not easy being married to me. I submit that the hunger in you is the God in you. That's what I submit. The Christmas question is the quest for the king. The idea of dethroning the current king is not comfortable at all. You and I get disturbed at dethroning ourselves from the throne as well. There's a little Herod in each one of us. And I think now the saddest scenario for me is these other guys, known as the priestly aristocracy, the scribes and the Pharisees. Lest you think you've had a Pharisaeectomy, there's a little Pharisee in us all too. Can I just offer that as a suggestion? That there's a little something in us that thinks, that, oh, we got it, we know it, we do all this just right. Don't mess with my little kingdom. Am I, am I wrong? It's a, it's, a, it's a very, very sad thing, I think. And may I personally um, suggest to you that answers are overrated. You ever meet people who have an answer for everything? But they don't actually have the life of Christ within them? Oh, you can find an answer pretty easy. The Bible's full of them. Lest you think you're the Bible answer man. Here, they knew exactly what the Bible said. Help us, Holy Spirit, deal with the religiosity in us this morning. Starting here with me. The Pharisees were the Bible answer man. They had all the answers. They said, yeah, 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 he's just over there in Bethlehem. That's where he is. This is pathetic. This is very depressing for me. That somebody knew the word so well, but was unable to live it at all. And unwilling to make the three-hour journey to Bethlehem. If you've, been to Jer if you've been to Jerusalem, you'll see that Bethlehem is just over there. About five miles away. They said, yeah, 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 he's over there. Oh, no, I'm not going. We just like to talk about him. We don't like to interact with him. We're not really interested in finding him. We would just like to study him. Let's find what this Greek tense is on that and get ourselves out of this and justify our own sinful behavior. Let's do that. That's way easier. That's like someone reading a travel magazine and never leaving home. Dear Jesus, last year I think of a young man. He was praying. He, he arrived from Mexico. And he said, God, I need to find you. And he went online and he found this place, this website called C3 Church. During the second service, snow was blowing. Many people decided not to come to church that morning because it was a bit too snowy. This fellow started a, a journey from West Calgary and he walked to church. What a, what a, what a seeker. And he showed up and he said, can I still find God here? It's not too late, is it? 
And yet for many of us, we, th- we, we come to church, we say, oh, oh we got to go to church. We don't come expecting to meet Jesus. We start our cars before we go outside because we, God forbid, we'd be a little bit chilly on the bum. Don't let it cost too much for us to get to church. Don't let us come and serve so somebody else can find him. He shows up and somehow heard the gospel and he said it was worth the walk. I found, I found Jesus this morning. I want to be that kind of a seeker that doesn't give up until I find him. And I don't know how many of the magi left. We, nobody knows. But some of them found him, but it requires, it requires a, a search and a sincere search. And unless you think you've completely found and know him completely as much as you need to, I suggest that we're still searching. And I think we still need signs because we're a little bit dull of hearing. I'm not the only husband that has selective hearing. It's so easy. Did you know that you can read the scripture, you can study scripture, you can find all the answers but never obey them? Did you know that? Did you know you can talk all about Jesus and not have a Jesus heart? Did you know that? Did you know you can have every bit of the right reason and all the right answers and have a cold, stony heart? And I suggest to you that the power of God is the love of God. And if we're not shedding the love of God abroad in our hearts and for others, don't even talk about the power of God. We need the love of God. That's what we need. Once we find him, he'll actually give us a little bit of a heart transplant that we need. It's just interesting to me and, and noticeably absent from the house were the scholars of the day. God, let us study the word, but let us get that word into our foot leather and get it out onto the streets where it belongs. Make the effort, take the risk, step out, follow the signs and the scriptures. They will all point to Jesus. It says that they went home another way. I believe what that means. It didn't mean that they didn't go home a different direction. I think they went home different men. I don't know how many there were. Someday, I'm going to get to talk to them. You might, I don't know what you think about, about spiritualist, spiritual people who don't believe the same way as you do. But I, I would really like us to be the type of people who are secure enough in our faith that we would learn to ask good questions of people on a spiritual search and not come up with a whole bunch of answers. I don't care if you got the answers. They're overrated. What I want to know is do you have the goods? Have you found him and are you walking with him? Are you obeying his voice moment by moment and especially in that moment? I know, I know what happens. We got all these other voices, and they're telling us to do stuff. I want to know, are you able to listen to the voice of the Spirit? And, because it's very quiet. For Elijah, he thought, ah, oh, it's going to be in all these big signs. And the, and the earthquake says, no, no, it's a very quiet, still voice. And the word still means ground into powder, dust. Just a little bit of a, will move it. His voice is still, and it's quiet, and you could ignore it every day, every moment. You can ignore it right now. It's quiet. Where's the king? No heart unaided will happily surrender to the king. Many seek God as they want him, as they see him, and as they desire him to be the dispenser of blessings. Not many are willing to surrender to him, myself included. And this is found in the thousands of followers every year that quit, they give up the search because the deity didn't do exactly what they wanted him to do. And they say, well, he didn't really answer those prayers. Oh, yeah, 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 really, for the Bentley? Oh, you didn't, really, really? Oh, I feel for you. 
Shut up, flesh. He really didn't follow through with all of those things you expected him to do. Really? Uh-huh. What about his agenda for you? Because he says if you want to find a life, you've got to give up a life. That means giving up some of these cravings of the flesh. Every, every one of those cravings is a search. Many seek God as they want him to be, but not the God that's revealed in the Bible. Many search for God as a dispenser of blessing. And it's seen in thousands of hearts. Everyone wants peace and joy and forgiveness and all of that. But not many are willing to pay the price and do the searching. We become Jesus gold diggers. What can we get out of it? Ah, it's disturbing the little Herod in all of us. I know. Myself specifically. Let me close. Christmas means the king has come. God is now with us. <clears throat> that he can be found, but not without a search. What's the message? The greatest message of all times is that when God came to, chose to enter the world, he didn't come with social status or academic status. He came and was born in a stable and raised in Nazareth. Sometimes, you know, when we think of, hey, where did that one who rose to prominence, where was he born? Where was he schooled? Was he a Princeton graduate? Harvard? Where was he schooled? People ask me that about where, where were you schooled? I say, well, according to the New Testament, the school is being with Jesus. Those are the guys that turned the world upside down. Where, have you, where are you from? When I tell people in my city, you know, Podunk, Saskatchewan. That's not true. But they go, hey, where, where's that? You see, here's, what, here's, the, here's the point. It doesn't matter where you're from. That's my message to you today. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter the influences that you've had in your life. Last week, last month, last year. What matters is, are you still on the search? If so, he'll be found of someone who's searching. There's no past dark enough. You may, you may have been on paid staff by the Prince of Darkness, but today nothing can keep the light from piercing the darkness in your heart. If you are on that search for Christ, he will be found. But you've got to make that sincere search and not give up the search I don't know what you're looking for this season but I know the answer to every question, every hunger, every appetite is Jesus he's the only the ever the answer if you're here today and you don't know him or you feel you've done something that could separate you from him, today I'm here to reverse that lie, no one is outside of his reach or outside of his call or outside of his care could you stand with me please as we pray Father I know I'm, I'm in a group of people who are in desperate need of finding you for this season. I know I need you, Father, because I tend to protect that little, that bait thrown in my heart. Yeah, I've given you access over and over, but this season I need, I need you to have a greater say. And Lord, there's probably some here this morning that feel they need a fresh touch. So Father, in the quietness of our heart right now today, I thank you that every morning your mercies are new and this morning your mercies were new and whatever happened last night or last week or last month or last year really doesn't matter. What, it's what's happening right now because he's made himself available to you wherever you are, wherever you're from, whatever you've done. And here's the prayer that we pray with our heads bowed. Hopefully you can pray with your eyes open. It doesn't matter. But it's this, it's, it's this Lord, I need you in this area of my life. I need you to come once again wash me and cleanse me and restore me. I need your life in me. 
and I need and I desire to have that live through me. Forgive me for my past activities, my past thoughts, my past actions. Come and wash me clean, my conscience, my mind, and let me have your thoughts. Let me have your life. I thank you for dying for me on the cross, and I thank you that your life is available now. I surrender to you the throne of my heart and I allow you to take up residence there. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like prayer this morning, we have a prayer team that's ready to pray for you. We're happy to pray for you. You feel, feel particularly burdened for a situation or a, a person. You feel like you need some prayer for healing or someone to agree with you for some difficult situation. We're here for you. Through those doors walk people who are on a genuine search to find the living God. God bless you. You're released. Have a happy Christmas. Amen. You're released to change your world. Thank you, Father.